Well, folks, this show is going to be all about Henry Davis and the potential of 2024 being a boomer bust season for him. But late on Monday night, the Pittsburgh Pirates made a move that I don't think really any of us expected signing Aroldis Chapman out of free agency. We're going to react to the Aroldis Chapman signing, what it means for the bullpen and more on today's episode of Locked on Pirates brought to you by eBay Motors. You are Locked on Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, hopefully that music wakes you up every time you listen to the show, because it sure does for me. Welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is Tuesday January 23rd, and I was right. I said on last week's show that I expected a move to happen within the next week, and here we are, Gary. A move happened uh, within the past week, a move that I personally will say I did not even put on my radar at all. Uh, This was something that you messaged me uh, and a few other people that you saw this possibly as a big possibility in November, so we'll give Gary his kudos there. And uh, even Jason Mackey, as we're uh, doing this, just said, didn't have the Pirates uh, getting Aroldis Chapman on my 2024 bingo card. And uh, yeah, that happened. It's something to talk about, uh, as everybody was saying. I was like, what should we talk about on the show this week? And everybody's uh, responses were, well, since there's nothing going on, then they would ask what they wanted and whatever. But Gary, for starters, how are you doing this wonderful Tuesday uh, morning slash afternoon? It's almost afternoon. I'm doing good, man. I I mean, we'll get into it, but all in all, my baseball team got better last night. Yes, and I think that's the sentiment that a lot of people need to take away from this. Now, I will say, think what you want about the guy. Leave that out of here. This is not the space or the time to have a lengthy conversation about what somebody has done that I've never met, I've never interacted with, I've never, like, just in general. I, that's just all I'll say about it. So we're going to keep it on the on-field side of things here when we're talking about a Aroldis Chapman. Now, I already know, and I always forget your name, I already know that I'm going to get the sign Trevor Bauer thing in my comments today, too. Don't worry. I know you're going to be there. Just go ahead and type it out. Listen to the five minutes of the show that you want to, and then we'll do that. Um, Aroldis Chapman, I think the name carries weight immediately when you saw this signing, obviously. He's one of those guys that when he signs with your team, like last year when he went to the Royals to start the year, that it, it carried weight. Now, obviously he was not going to turn the Kansas city Royals into a world series contender. And I'm not saying he's going to do that here either, but you cannot deny folks that the pirates with this signing. Just on paper, if everybody comes back and does pretty much what they did last year in this bullpen, this bullpen has a massive ceiling now for at least the first half of the season if they do decide to move on from a guy like Chapman or move on from somebody. And Gary, you're looking at the options that they have now. And also, I will mention his name first because you said Gary would be mad at me. Carmen Majinski is in this bullpen. <laughs> Dowry Moretta is in this bullpen. Jose Hernandez is still an option in this bullpen. You look at Colin Holderman, David Bednar, 
Aroldis Chapman. And folks, this isn't even counting the guys that might move from starters to the bullpen. And their options in that area are in abundance now. And that is a very good thing for this team. Because what was the last time, Gary, that we could say that this team really had a shut down bullpen that you were very confident in the seventh, eighth, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning that if the Pirates were winning, they were winning that game? I mean, the last winning window, really, 2013 yeah. to 2015. I think we had that with Tony Watson and Grilly and Melanson and, and that group in there that, that kind of shut things down for however long. I mean, look, Ethan. This is a this is a good thing for the team, I think. You know, shortening games is smart. Um I think that the the starting pitcher market is is ridiculous. I think the re- reliever market is ridiculous. I think the pirates had to get somebody. It's gonna be too much money for whoever they get. That's all there is to it. Um I do want to mention the tw- the Trevor Bauer thing and why it's different. Because I, I get that. I probably got that 60 times last night. You know, <laughs> Trevor Bauer is different because Trevor Bauer still has active cases and he's clearly being blackballed by MLB. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care what crusade you're on or whatever, but those are facts that he's being blackballed. Let's just be honest. All right. You know, you all wanted to be honest about Kaepernick, be honest about Bauer. He's being blackballed. You can say one is for an honorable thing and one is not whatever, however you want to look at it. Facts are facts. The league ain't letting him in. Chapman, his big incident with the gun and the the domestic abuse stuff happened eight years ago. And there was no charges filed. And while I personally think he's a gigantic a-hole and probably did something horrible, he didn't, he he served his 30-game suspension again. Eight years ago, I think it's pretty clear he's a pitcher at this point. Yeah, and unless he gets a tattoo and gets sepsis again, I'm pretty sure he'll keep pitching. Yeah, let's just make sure Chapman doesn't get any tattoos uh, while he's here in Pittsburgh. I mean, it would be cool for him to get a Jolly Roger tattoo, but if it also meant him missing an extended period of time to do so, I don't think we want that to happen. And I already also have seen some people saying this is already like a flip candidate at the deadline kind of thing, et cetera, with a one-year deal. And if it is, sure, that's fine. I think that's a perfectly fine way of looking at that kind of thing for Araldus Chapman. But say the Pirates are a contending baseball team in 2024. Say they are in a spot where they feel like they can really go for it. Isn't it kind of nice to have a guy like Araldus Chapman, who you mentioned yesterday, doesn't have the same juice that he had. He's not the same Aroldis Chapman he was four or five years ago. But, folks, this guy's still really good. I mean, he's still a very good option out of the bullpen. And when you could say, again, that you might be finishing ballgames with Chapman, Holderman, and Bednar and having Majinski or Moretta starting before that, and all you're asking out of your starting pitchers is to give you five or maybe even six good innings a day, That is a recipe for success, folks, and that is a recipe for success the Pirates have not had in a very long time. Let me tell you what washed doesn't look like. It doesn't look like a 309 ERA in 61 games, 58.1 innings pitched, 103 strikeouts, and a 1.251 whip. 
guys don't go from throwing 100 miles an hour to throwing 79 in a wheelchair the next year. No. Okay. That's just not how it is. He may fall off a little bit. He probably will. But this is two years ago, this guy hit 105 once and won at bat three times. Like, <laughs> this is not a guy who's lost it. Okay. Um, again, the personal stuff, sure. But from a baseball perspective, man, it's real hard to hate it. And it really is. I, I just, uh, I don't really necessarily see the complaint except for that I've been a Pirates fan for as long as I have. So Bob Nutting spending $10.5 million on anything, there's no way to look at that and go like, oh, yeah, well, th- tomorrow they're going to spend 14 for what they really need. And if you really, really want to get to the bottom of why everybody's so upset, that's what it is. Yeah. The assumption is he ain't going to spend any more money. That's all. And my assumption is, this deal was kind of on the table and Ben was like, eh, I don't know. And then Bob said all that stuff and he's like, you know what? Screw it. What's an extra million? And he went and did it. Yeah. And I mean, it is an assumption that he won't do anything else. Who's to say he won't. I mean, really who's to say that he won't. He's already done a lot this off season financially i mean you look at the perez deal you look at the chapman deal you look at the teles deal if i could just do the math in my head it's about 23 million that he spent in free agency yeah and then you bring marco marco gonzalez for another three and then yeah you know the arbitration awards that went up for you know the five guys they kept or six guys i can't remember and then you know they're not done so, I mean, like, I, I think we're going to see more of that. And the, the only other thing I'd say about Chapman is he's got a little bit of a pattern going, too, here. He likes signing with teams that aren't 100% in the playoff race. I think it's a strategy to make sure that he gets traded to a team mm-hmm. that is in the playoff race. So I actually think it's kind of part of what he wants is, is to be on a team like this. And if they make the playoffs, great. He'll be there. Yeah. And if they're not going to and they want to trade me, hey, great. The Pirates, I think, are in a weird position here. They've got so much depth in the back end of their bullpen. They could be humming along, winning games left and right, leading their division. I'm not saying they will, but leading their division. And they could go, hey, let's move Chapman. Yeah. Because we need another piece and we need it somewhere else worse. And I'd rather move him than Holderman, Majinski, or Bednar. Wouldn't you? Yeah, and I mean, that's something that obviously I think it would throw a lot of people off, but you also saw a certain team who was doing very well. They barely missed the playoffs, but they did it two years ago. Look at the Baltimore Orioles. They were in the thick of everything, and then they traded Jorge, um, what was it, Lopez, at the uh, deadline and traded a bunch of people at the deadline. These things just happen. But, Gary, I agree 100%. I think the immediate reaction should just be, this is a good signing, and the Pirates got better by doing it. They just did, at least in the short term and for however long he's here. And the bullpen, I think, may be their biggest strength going into 2024 now. I mean, you can make that argument pretty easily and pretty clearly just by looking at what these guys have done uh, from last year that are still here. And they have flexibility if they want to to move on from a guy out of this bullpen now to patch a hole elsewhere if they really want to. That's something that I would look forward to in the coming weeks or maybe in the next month. Don't be surprised if the Pirates do move on from a 
Colin Holderman or somebody like that to go and get a starter to put in the rotation. It's something that's very, very possible. I think. I got one more thing to say on Chapman and then I'll shut up. Uh, the whole Kutch thing. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I think that was probably, I, I understood why everybody was kind of amped about that and everything. It, it bothered me enough that I asked a couple people to make sure that it was like brought up to them. Somebody just reminded me this morning they've already been teammates. Yeah, people were kind of forgetting. I forgot all about it. In New York, yeah, that, that was a thing. Like, oh, they're teammates now. It's like, did you guys forget that they were? I mean, I understand why Pirates fans would want to forget Kutch's time in New York, but yeah, they were teammates already in New York. So I think yeah, they I, probably patched that hole up pretty quick when that happened. I forgot all about it. Um, I don't know. I, who knows what the culture is there? Maybe the bullpen guys don't go anywhere near the rest of the team. Yeah. I mean, you have things like that all the time. Um, different teams segregate their, their teams in different ways, you know, at times to make sure that certain overlap doesn't take place. But I, I don't know how the Yankees do it aside from the not shaving or the shaving thing, but <laughs> I just think, uh, we're probably making a big deal out of something like that. And as far as him making more than Bednar, that was another one I kept hearing. So what? Who cares? Bednar hopes he's doing the same thing to some other kid when he's 36. That, that every player on this team, every player on any team, thinks that they have it within themselves to be a 36-year-old mercenary too. Mm-hmm. None yeah. of them begrudge this stuff. And to use another sports adage on that with the whole Chapman getting paid more than Bednar thing, folks, in the NFL, Daniel Jones makes more money than C.J. Stroud does right now. So, it's <laughs> I mean, just just take that into account as well. But that's all of our reactions on a role as Chapman for now. I'm sure I'll talk about it later this week in a little bit more depth, talking about some things. But, folks, we're going to talk about Henry Davis. And if you saw my story over at Steel City Pirates where I was breaking down how big of a season 2024 is for Henry Davis. You'll see that that's a thing that we're going to talk about now. But before we do that, we're going to talk about eBay Motors. All right, there we go. (laughs) I guess it got a little shy there for me, but eBay Motors, folks, has millions of parts for your MVP. Win every time with parts that fit your ride because passion, drive, and patience are what brings home the winning trophy and is always what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. And also, folks, make sure you check out the first ever National Sports 24 streaming channel, 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24 7 streaming channel. Now, if you're the multitasking type, 
who's listening to the show today, you can go to steelcitypirates.com and go find my story that I wrote yesterday about Henry Davis and why 2024 could be a boom or bust season for this kid. Now you're probably, probably going to have to find it when I post it tomorrow because today oh, well, you not... have your power. Your power. Oh yes, it is up. not posted yet, so you'll hear me talk about it today, and then it'll be out tomorrow. I forgot that I wrote like three stories this week. Um, he's but he's been either, busy. Yeah. Either way, make sure you guys go check out all this stuff. Gary had a great piece, or uh, Michael had a great piece on the Chapman stuff. Five thoughts at five, all that stuff. And Gary, you also have a pretty big guest on the Pirates fan forum this week. Before we get into Henry Davis as well. Yeah, we have a fun guest, Travis Snyder. I'm really excited about that. It's going to be fun. The Lunchbox Hero going to be on the Pirates Fan Forum. And I get to have a break from talking about Chapman and everything for another yeah, week. right? Yeah, so he, you're just deferring your uh, talk about Chapman like the Dodgers defer contracts. Um, but one thing you can't defer is this offseason, Gary, we got the big news that nobody wanted to get, which was Andy Rodriguez was going to be out for the 2024 season, UCL surgery. Uh, reconstructive stuff, you know, stuff you don't want to hear. So that immediately uh, elicited a reaction from the front office saying, Henry Davis is going to be catching in 2024. Well, no dip, because, I mean, what are you going to do? Start Jason DeLay? No. I mean, now Jason DeLay is a great backup. I just, no. I don't think that's something you do. We all remember Henry was drafted as a catcher, got thrown off last year because he only played two innings at the catcher position in 2023 at the major league level, and Blah, 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 all that stuff. So now that we know that he's going to be a pretty much full-time catcher in 2024, you might think, well, okay, he's going to figure it out. He's going to figure out how to frame pitches better. He's going to figure out how to block pitches better. He's going to use that 70-arm talent that he had out of the draft and have a ridiculous pop time and not get stolen on all that often. But... Folks, I really want you guys to think more on the other side of this. There's a reason Henry Davis, and Gary would agree with me here, there is a reason that he did not catch last year, and that is because Andy Rodriguez was a better defensive catcher than he was and probably still is. Mm. Now, Henry Davis is catching in the offseason. He's been in Bradenton working on defensive stuff. He's worked with Paul Skeens. We've seen pictures of that, and he's working with the pitching staff in general. Pitchers and catchers report pretty soon, so I'm sure we'll get more news about it. And I see the focus on defense so much. Now, it obviously, that's a big part of playing the catcher position. You got to know how to play it. You got to know how to work a MLB pitching staff. But I would also argue, especially after you guys read the story tomorrow, one of my biggest takeaways that I took from it, let's just use the hypothetical that he doesn't figure it out defensively there, but he hits like 250 with 15 bombs and has like a 700-plus OPS. What do you do with him? I mean, what do you really do with the guy at that point? I think it's the most interesting angle on on all of the Henry stuff. Couple things I just want to go back and clean up there, uh, and I think it was just a slip of the tongue. But mm -hmm. Pirates mentioned too that that Henry was going to be catching before they knew about the Endy injury, so yeah, that was kind of part of the plan anyway. And they could be completely lying, but they claim he didn't catch because of the hand injuries, and um, and I can buy that to a degree because eventually it did shut him down, and I think something Henry 
probably learned last year that might end up being more valuable than catching is uh, if you aren't forthcoming about things that are bothering you, people are just going to judge your performance and not have any context whatsoever. So open your yap and say it's hurting and let us help you. And I think he learned that towards the end of the season. That's why he ended up going on the IL and getting straightened out and then coming back. I think we'll have a better hitting Henry next year. And that's kind of why I asked you to do this, because I'm more confident about the hitting than I am the defense. And Mm -hmm. it's not that I think he can't catch, but I think it's an interesting problem they could face. If If he turns into a hitter but not a catcher, the the fallout from that could be massive. What do you do with them? Like you're you have to play the bat, but where? How? <laughs> like it's so interesting. And it was really good piece you wrote too. I can't wait to put it up actually. Well, and the thing that I'm also thinking too, just from a general standpoint of where Henry sits, last year you can make a lot of different arguments about why he did not have that great of a year. One, he was still trying to learn how to catch at the big league level, and they were teaching him that behind the scenes. He was learning how to play outfield for pretty much the entire year. He was dealing with the hand injury. There were a lot of different factors that went into what player Henry Davis was going to be last year. And let's also not forget, folks, he was one of the fastest rising number one overall picks ever. He's up there. He got up here pretty quick. But then you go into this whole thing where, yeah, I'm confident in his bat. Go back and look at what he did at Louisville. Go back and look at what he's done in the minor leagues. The kid can hit. He's going to hit the baseball no matter what, I think. But you consider a lot of different factors here. One, one of the things I thought about that I didn't put in the piece because I just didn't want to speculate, maybe you try him out at first base if it doesn't work. But if he can't, but then you're teaching the kid a third different position in less than two years. That is tough on a guy when he's trying to get acclimated to Major League Baseball. Now, I'm not saying he can't do it, but then what do you do with Jared Triolo, who's a guy that you also might like over there as well, even though you want him to be a utility player. Personally, and I told you this before we started recording, I just don't think Henry can play the outfield. From what I saw last year, I know it wasn't the biggest sample size. I just don't think there's really anything out there that he does well except throw the baseball well. He had like the 90, he, he was in like the 97th percentile in arm strength last year. That's about all he's going to do for you out there. And I don't think this is going to be a, a dated reference, but I don't think Plexco Burris could play tight end unless I fed him a lot and made him bulk up. Mm-hmm. And then I think he'd be the best tight end in the league. I, I just think Henry is an athlete mm-hmm. and Henry will learn what Henry needs to learn when he needs to learn it. He has to get this catching bug out of him. He either needs to be a catcher or he needs to bomb out at catcher at the major league level. One of those two things has to happen this year. Once that happens, he's either going to full-on embrace catcher and really go after it, or he's going to full-on embrace whatever they put him at and go after it. I, I just don't think the major leagues are the place to be learning things like that. They, they let emotions dictate what they did with him. They brought up a bat they needed, and then they had an injured catch at the same time, so they had no place for him to hit. I mean, I, it was a, a comedy of errors, I think, as far as the way he was brought up and dealt with. And I think it's done no favors for him. It, it's made him a question mark where he really should be something we're excited about. 
Yeah, and I mean, you look at this conversation, you mentioned cuts too. Going back to my original hypothetical saying, what if he does hit the baseball but can't play defensively? Well, then you'd think DH is a great spot for him. Let's just say Rowdy Telez and Andrew McCutcheon come back in 2025, which are possibilities for sure if Telez sticks with this team, and I think he will. What do you do with him at that point? You can't. You, you don't make him a rotate. You don't make your former number one overall pick a rotational DH. You don't do that, <laughs> especially with a guy that's going to be, I believe, how cold is Cutch now? 36, 37? And then Telez is, well, Telez isn't up there yet. He's like, what, 28? Right. So, I, and I just learned from Chapman signing that that's way too old. Yeah. You know, from people that old. were super excited about catch, by the way, just FYI. Way but. too old. <laughs> but the thing with Davis, too, that I find interesting, and you said it, and you can just tell by how he carries himself and the kind of player that he's going to be, he's going to do everything in his power to figure these things out. He just is. He's going to do what the team tells him to do and beyond. He's going to try and figure this stuff out. And again, you look at the kind of hitter he is, he's going to hit better than he did last year. Because if he doesn't, then you got to be scared. Because he was he just didn't hit the ball really at all last year. But it would be drastically difficult for him to repeat that. I think that he can be that kind of 240, 250 hitter. He has the plus power to hit the ball over the fence. He can spray the ball all over the field, even with his pull-happy tendency he had last year. And you're looking at a guy, again, that you invested a first-round pick into. Number one overall. I mean, obviously you got him under slot, which also led to Anthony Solomito being a part of your roster now as well, which is huge and massive. But again, a lot of it's going to be put on how he looks defensively. And folks, guess what? If you watch Pirates games, you're going to have no choice but to pay attention to it because the camera is going to show what he's doing every single pitch. So no matter what, you're going to have no choice but to evaluate his game on your end. And guess what the Pirates are going to do? They're going to evaluate every at-bat. They're going to evaluate how he's scouting opposing hitters. They're going to evaluate his pitch framing. They're going to evaluate his blocking because these are things the Pirates as an organization value highly. They highly value pitch framing because guess what? Robo-umps aren't a thing yet. You can grab those extra strikes. It's a competitive advantage. And they also, I think, created a narrative for their number one pick, their precious 1-1 pick. They created a narrative in which the great unwashed those uneducated sitting there watching the games are going to be deciding their catching coaches and they they can pick up on everything he's doing wrong or right and every time a pitcher struggles who's named you know Mitch Keller or David Bednar or somebody that they actually think is good doesn't get a strikeout or doesn't get an out he's going to be blamed for it it's it's going it's it's a caustic environment they've created they need to go out of their way this spring to make sure everybody understands fully why he didn't catch last year. Yeah. they And I mean, like, they've done it before, but I'm talking, like, full court press, send Greg Brown out and Joe Block and, and, get the, and Fort and get them all telling everybody he didn't catch because of X, Y, and Z, not because he can't catch. Just say it. I don't even care if it's true. But yeah. you got to change the narrative, or this kid ain't ever going to battle. He's going to be climbing a 10-foot wall with a 7-foot yeah. rope. Yeah, and that's what I think, too. And I, that's one thing that I think is always funny, and we'll kind of end the show on this with professional sports teams. 
sometimes just say what it could literally be the biggest lie in the world. It, it doesn't matter, but just go out and say, here you go. This is what it's about. This is it's why you didn't like, do it. It's just like when a quarterback gets benched, right? Hmm. For instance, like they go, Oh, Kenny, do you want to play? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I want to play. Yeah, I want to play. And everyone's like, Oh, see, he's not a team player. The, I mean, did you want him to tell you that he didn't want to play? Is that what you want your quarterback? Is that even what you want your backup quarterback to say? Yeah, yeah I don't want to play. No, I want Jason Delay to want every at bat Henry gets, whether he could or not. I, I want everybody on the team to want to be the guy that's called out of that bullpen to get that out. I, I want everybody to think like that. that. That's just crazy to me. Like that. I don't know. It's just crazy to me the way some people think about this stuff. That's all. Well, yeah. And again, this piece will be out tomorrow about Henry. And I mean, honestly, I'm rooting. Obviously, I'm rooting for the kid. I think you always have to root for anybody that wears a Pirates uniform. Same thing with Aroldis Chapman. Root for the guy. He's playing for your baseball team. (laughs) Root for him to do well. Same thing with Henry Davis. We all want him to do well. We want him to create a controversy, a catcher, and have that one-two punch of Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis. That I mean, how many teams, I think we talked about this months ago, how many teams say they could potentially have two two-way catchers on their roster at the same time? Right, right. You have, what, four or five in, in all of baseball, and the Pirates have the potential to have two on their roster at the same time? Folks, yep. yeah. It might suck down the line, but if they both pan out, I don't think the Pirates are going to pay both of them. I know that's something that I said, and it's speculative, but you could be potentially looking down the line if these two guys work out, and the Pirates could find a haul if for one of these guys if they really wanted to. But that's speculative. We're not going to do that. We're just going to hope that Henry figures it out in 2024. He's going to have the spotlight on him no matter what. We know that. Everybody's going to be looking at every single little thing he does, including me, but I'm not going to be like rash thinking on it just because, you know, a starter goes out there and has a four inning blow up start with seven earned runs. And it's like, yep, Henry's fault, but that's probably how it's going to be. But again, folks, that story will be live on Steel City Pirates tomorrow. So make sure you go check that out. Gary's obviously doing wonderful work over there. Obviously, already mentioned Travis Snyder is going to be on the Pirates fan forum this Thursday at five yep at five. five so get me your questions in join us live and ask him questions and he's got a wonderful new program that he's involved with called hero helping uh parents kind of learn how to be better sporting parents for their kids and i think yep. it's a pretty cool topic too so we'll be discussing all that and i hope you can make it yeah and uh for me i should be having shows today obviously wednesday thursday and friday I don't know when we're going back to five days a week. It may be in February, but you guys will be the first to know. Obviously, when that happens, Gary will be back on Mondays and not Tuesdays. But until then, folks, my name is Ethan Smith. Follow me right there on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan. Follow Gary over at GaryMo2007. Check out Steel City Pirates, the rebranded website that has already has a lot of content on it. There's been a lot of stuff that myself, Gary, Michael, and everybody over there has written already. So make sure you go do that on your lunch break today after listening to this show. You can find this show on Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast because it's the best price in the world. It's free. So make sure you check it out. But until then, folks, my name's Ethan. That's Gary. We'll see you on the flip side.